Now, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath Peter Mullen. Good afternoon, Peter Mullen, Health and Wellbeing, round for another Tuesday. How would you be? Very well, thank you, Mark. That's a good start. Look, today, uh, a topic that I know the naturopaths love to sort of investigate often, it's thyroid health, but you'll be bringing along with you four foods for better thyroid health and one, one to avoid. Yeah, look, it's um, such a growing area that we're seeing more and more people having issues. And the thyroid's a really sensitive gland, so it's very sensitive to stress, trauma, toxins. So that's one of the reasons why I think we're seeing such a growth in thyroid problems. Alrighty, righty. Keep going. Just one more thing. Now, last week on the show, I told you after the show that I really had a bit of a thing for Kate Bush when I was younger. Okay, when we were playing the song, yeah. (laughs) Now... I told you in confidence that I rode away to the Kate Bush no, fan club. Did. <laughs> and then I just came back and mentioned it when the song finished. <laughs> Let's get stuck into it, Peter. We're going to talk about the foods for thyroid health a little later. First, though, for those who might not have uh, much to know about the thyroid, what does it actually do and how does it actually go wrong in becoming over or underactive? Well, the thyroid is a, um, it's a gland. It's based at the base of your throat, basically, and um if you feel your thyroid, over the years I've picked up a lot of people that actually have an enlarged thyroid. So it's not uncommon if you've got thyroid issues that you'll actually feel like a couple of lumps or bumps or it'll actually feel enlarged. Like you generally shouldn't feel the outline of your thyroid. So it sits right at the base of your, below your Adam's apple if you're a guy, just above the um, the collarbones where the dip is in your collarbone. So how's your thyroid feel? Oh, like? it just feels really weird to be poking around there, to be honest. <laughs> I'm having a go. Give me a red hot I, go. But I think it looks. I think yours looks okay from here. So you usually you. get an idea if there's if the thyroid's unfunctioning. So what it, what it is the thyroid is a is a gland. It produces what's called thyroid hormone, and the message that comes from the hypothalamus to the pituitary to stimulate the thyroid to produce thyroid hormone, and then your level of thyroid hormone in your body through a feedback loop tell your pituitary or hypothalamus, okay, that's enough. Stop stimulating. So it sort of it should regulate itself. Um, the thyroid is responsible for so many different things in the body, um, heat production. So one of the signs that your thyroid is under-functioning is if you feel the cold more now than what you're used to. Um, so body temperature, uh, energy expenditure and metabolism. So people that have dieted a lot, you know, then you hear people say oh, metabolism is not what they're used to be. They may have stuffed or knocked their thyroid around. It's important for um, protein synthesis and metabolism. Um, metabolizing glucose and lipids, uh, growth, um, heart function, blood flow, oxygen consumption, development of the gut. Like a lot of people with an underactive thyroid will end up with a sluggish bowel. Um, Digestive processes, muscle and nerve activity, um, increases mitochondrial number. So mitochondria are the energy-producing factories inside your cells. So if your thyroid's going under-functioning, you're going to feel more fatigued. Um... Oh, so many things, hormonal secretion generally, sexual and reproductive health. Everything in the body, every cell in the body pretty much has a, a receptor for thyroid hormone. So if your thyroid's out of whack, then you're going to feel terrible. I guess the fact that it is plugged into almost everything else means that I guess everything else being out of whack, I mean, not only it being out of whack will affect other parts, but the other parts being out of whack, we're going to... Yeah, look at it all. And when we talk about, from a naturopathic point of view, when we talk about thyroid, 
um, yes, we talk about the thyroid being under-functioning or over-functioning, but we also need to remember that your thyroid is part of your um, whole endocrine system. So hypothalamus, top part of the brain, sends messages to your pituitary. Your pituitary then sends messages to your thyroid, your adrenals, ovaries in men, testes in women. So it's kind of like a, your endocrine balance is kind of like a symphony orchestra, like everything has to work together and be in balance. One of the things that definitely will throw your thyroid function out is if we've talked about that chronic, unrelenting, unremitting stress. So stress will shift all of those hormones to a place where you're going to start to get symptoms. So, you know, stress can be because it's that whole stress, our stress coping response is also governed by that same system. So when one system's under stress, everything else shifts two stations to the right and then you're going to start to get symptoms. So stress can be a big dysregulator of that and from a naturopathic point of view we always think about thyroid hormone and thyroid function in conjunction with adrenal function ovary function testes function in men okay well we'll come back and have a, a bit more of a yarn about that firstly though heading to the phone and Anne at mount hutton you've got a question for peter today about vitamins yes hi peter hi Anne. i take flaxseed oil fish oil and magnesium is it necessary to take vitamin e or not um, look, someone I'm, told me it is, someone told me it isn't. If, if you're, like vitamin E, we get vitamin E from a lot of our like organic nuts and seeds, avocado, um, there's vitamin E in flax seeds. So if you've got a good um, antioxidant-rich diet, then maybe no. But if you're getting older, if you've got some issues around maybe um, cardiovascular disease or blood pressure, um, then Vitamin E is a bit of a favourite antioxidant of mine to take. I have low blood pressure, so I wouldn't need it then, would I? Oh, look, it, it is as part of a... If you're on a good quality multivitamin, I would get yeah. onto a good quality multivitamin that also contains some good quality vitamin E as well. Like, it is a useful um, anti-ageing, uh, anti-cardiovascular um, type supplement to include in. So with what you're taking, I would add in a really good quality multi with that included some vitamin E as well. Yeah, I already take a multi. Yeah, well, check the, well. Ma- check the amount of E in that. But um, Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, thank you very much, Anne. We'll come back and have a bit of a yarn further with Peter Mullen. We'll get into those better foods for thyroid health and the foods to avoid too, Peter. Yeah, look, there's, there's a lot that can affect the thyroid function. So, um, yeah, and actually, interestingly, vitamin E is protective against some of the damage that it can occur. So, David on the Central Coast listening along, and David, you also want to uh, have a bit of a chat about vitamins today. Yes, please. Yeah, good morning, David, or good afternoon. Yeah, I mean, um, I know we all know it's best to possibly uh, eat veggies for our vitamins, etc., like fresh veggies, but yes. some people say... Going to the chemist and buying a multivitamin—sorry, a multivitamin pill—they're they're rubbish. So they don't really do you any good. Is this true? Like if you, they, they advertise on TV, um, I don't know if I can say the name, buy Swiss or multivitamin or yes, uh, yes. Look, that I'm a big fan of um, taking supplements. Um, I think there's lots of reasons why. Um, and Anne did have a good point. Like um. And back to Anne's question just quickly, I think for an ageing person, no offence, Anne, but if, if you're you know, above 60, if, I think I would add vitamin E back in. I think it is a really worthwhile supplement to um, include. Um, so to your question, David, so I'm a big fan of taking supplements. I believe we don't get everything we need from our food. 
and you know we're surrounded by so much pollution and toxicity this day and age that unfortunately any extra help we can get i think is really warranted um now with vitamins and supplements like to me personally like any anything that you buy there's going to be differences in quality and um i think a lot of the supplements prescribed are more of a marketing exercise than actually quality supplements of course so i would always um if you're going to take supplements i would always speak to someone that's qualified like a naturopath and find out what the best quality ones actually are and also get the ones that are going to be get the ones prescribed that are going to be most beneficial for you given your circumstances as well but definitely seek professional advice like see a naturopath and make sure what you're taking is you know well and truly worth the money thank you very much david peter let's get back to uh, the thyroid uh where do we go from here we've learned about it we've learned how it can things can go wrong um well look the, the thing is with um the thyroid as i said we we're saying earlier in the show it's a very sensitive gland it's very sensitive to toxins so a lot of people a lot of smokers actually can end up eventually with thyroid problems because of cadmium toxicity cadmium is a heavy metal that's high in cigarettes and it can it's found been found to lodge in the thyroid and actually cause thyroid um problems um the epstein-barr virus you know and in the states it's estimated that some ridiculously high percentage of people above 40 have all come into contact with or have at some stage had the epstein-barr virus so epstein-barr virus is a virus that can end up then affecting thyroid function um nutrient deficiencies are another factor talking back to um, david's question about vitamins and supplements um a lot of people that i see are low in iodine um zinc is a really common deficiency these are the essential nutrients for healthy thyroid function iron iodine which is really common to be low in um tyrosine amino acid not so much zinc nearly every patient that i see initially is low in zinc um selenium um vitamin e for thyroid function your b vitamins c and also vitamin d it's critical to have good levels of vitamin d for your thyroid and metabolism to work properly but again so many patients i see getting bloods back from the gp coming back low in vitamin d Alrighty, well, we'll come back in a moment. We'll get into those foods, and you've got some stats uh, out of the US that you want to throw at us as well. Uh, yes, some just some really, really good tips. Like with thyroid function, like the, the two things that can go wrong basically is your thyroid can go under functioning, which often has an autoimmune component to it. It's called Hashimoto's disease, where your immune system attacks the thyroid, or it can go the opposite, it can go overactive often due, again, due to autoimmune, where the immune system is attacking the thyroid, and this time it's going over-functioning. This is from a, a clinic in the States where um, they sort of specialise in thyroid um, issues, and they do a lot of sim things very similar to us, but they actually had some stats. Um, and this was from their practice. Going gluten-free helped 95% of their patients with thyroid feel better. Um, taking selenium methionine, 200 micrograms daily, and um, I find this with a lot of people that have Hashimoto's getting onto a selenium dosage. And you do have to be careful. There's always warnings on bottles of selenium about toxicity, etc. So don't try this at home. But taking selenium um, for a lot of my Hashimoto's patients where they're told that their thyroid hormone is fine, but they're still feeling terrible, selenium can really make a big difference. Um, from this practice in the States, the paleo diet, 89% um, of those who tried the paleo diet felt better. Sugar-free, 84% felt better. And this is, I think, going to be across the board anyway. Um, 
eliminating grains helped another 80% going da- dairy free and that's something I find a lot of with people with Hashimoto's they need to go gluten free but they need to go dairy free as well um, omega 3 fatty acids fish oils were helpful for 76% of people with thyroid disorders and this is something I find a lot as well optimising vitamin D levels with um, a D3 supplement helps 73% of people so healthy vitamin D is necessary not only just for thyroid but any autoimmune condition and eating a low glycemic um, diet so what's interesting is a lot of the things they're talking about here um, are things that we would do from a gut point of view from a whole health point of view so same story the way we go about helping to support something like thyroid is by getting the diet as good as possible for that person but definitely things like selenium I I often you know, we'll assess someone's iodine content because iodine is really beneficial as well. Um, and from a from a food point of view, so um, just on food, foods and thyroid, so seaweed, if your thyroid's... Because your thyroid can just be a bit under-functioning. You don't have to have Hashimoto's. So a lot of people can have a subclinical low thyroid due to stress, toxins, lack of nutrients. So for those people, um, iodine can make a big difference. Um, foods like mushrooms, um, button mushrooms particularly, one of the best natural sources of selenium, which is, again, selenium is important for the conversion of T4 to the active form of T3. Brazil nuts, so even as little as three Brazil nuts a day gives you a healthy dose of selenium as well. That's basically nothing, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's so three organic Brazil nuts a day. It's not even day. a full snack. Yep. Um, pumpkin seeds. Um, another and contains good doses of zinc, another important mineral for the conversion of T4 to the active T3. Um, and again, it's something that is so low in most of the patients that I see. And there are um, thoughts to stay away from soya products if you're suspicious that you might have an underfunctioning thyroid and maybe also the brassica family. Soy particularly has a bit of a goitrogen-like effect. It may actually interfere with um, thyroid hormone binding or the conversion of or the production of T4. Um, and then foods like um, raw broccoli and, and kale for some people isn't great. But once you cook it, it's fine. So you mentioned this brassica family. What have they done wrong? Well, the brassica <laughs> family are your, your cauliflower, your broccoli, mm. your kale. So your trees, basically. Your trees. Yeah. So, But in the raw form, once it's cooked, it's fine for thyroid function. So it's only having too much raw kale in your, in your smoothies and things like that if you've got an underactive thyroid may not be the best thing to be doing. Some great advice, as always, as we wrap up with Peter Mullen in Health and Wellbeing. Now, the very last item on the list, it says, as it always does, uh, next week on the radio, and that's where we talk about what you've got next week, but it's blank. What are you talking about well, next week? next week on the radio, um, I'm not sure exactly what no I'm clue. going to be talking about. You've but got no clue. We could make it a bit more like open mic day and people could just ring up with questions about health. Or actually, no, I will have a couple of interesting things to go over. But, um, yeah, we might make it more about people calling up and asking questions about whatever they want, like a Christmas freebie sort of thing. Oh, that sounds pretty good. That's next week with Peter Mullen and Health and Wellbeing. Thanks, mate. You have a great week. Thank you, Mark. To NURFM 103.7. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.